brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. A blessed Saturday before the beginning of the Feast of Advent to you all, or the Holy Season of Advent, rather, rather than a feast day. I have something interesting here. It would have been more appropriate perhaps about a month ago on the Feast of the North American Martyrs, but it was issued by Pius XII, hundred or not 100, but about 80 years, almost 80 years ago on just a couple days ago. So it's a letter to the laity in the church in North America reflecting on the holy martyrs, Isaac, St. Isaac Yogues and his companions. And it's a little bit, it, it is appropriate given that it's Thanksgiving and there's always sort of, or Thanksgiving just passed and Thanksgiving always comes with it. A lot of anger from the secular world about the past. And the church went through something like that of its own this past year with in Canada. Things being said that were, had been since utterly debunked, but the media in the Canadian state and Francis himself all went along with it because they didn't care that it had been debunked. Such is the state of things in the church, unfortunately. Advent is a season that is almost a mirror reflection of Lent, or has a lot in common with Lent liturgically, in terms of the colors that you frequently see and other things. And it's a penitential season of sorts. There's no You're not expected under pain of sin to fast and abstain beyond the normal requirements for any other, you know, on Fridays and such, but people traditionally would voluntarily take on some lighter versions of Lenten sufferings during Advent, while also participating in the joyous season that we are in right now to prepare joyfully for the birth of the Lord. Perhaps a reflection on the these martyrs is something we should consider as, as sort of a preparing ourselves for Advent. Because why did Christ come into the world? Why was he incarnated? What was his purpose? And when people understand that, the great many of the great saints are given to laying everything down for the salvation of souls. And that's what Advent really is about. Why Christ came. What drove him to come for the salvation of souls. That is everything. Salvation of souls is everything. And in this reflection, I hope you find something useful to help carry you through Advent. Radio message of His Holiness, Pius XII, to the faithful of the United States and Canada for the third centenary of the North American Martyrs. Delivered Sunday, 24th of November, 1946. Dearly beloved in Jesus Christ, Just ten years ago, we knelt in the sanctuary of your St. Patrick's Cathedral. Beneath the aspiring arches, the dim light falling from the windows of the Lady Chapel, we prayed at the tomb of those revered prelates, whose memory carries the mind back over a century and more of extraordinary progress made from small and humble beginnings along a path not infrequently roughened by lack of workers, by poverty and calumny and even persecution. They were valiant champions of truth, those successors of the apostles in governing the great diocese of New York, respected and well-deserving citizens of the country and city they loved. In God's kind providence, their mantle has fallen on worthy shoulders. 
But the commemoration you are celebrating this morning overleaps that century of vast and rapid growth, reaching back to the days when Manhattan Island counted hardly more than a thousand citizens, and marauding and human tribes terrorized the upper sections of the country. Then it was that the first priest set foot in the colony that was later to become the metropolis of the New World. A ransomed captive, Father Yogues, was leaving for a time his mission among the Mohawks, but he would return. Human language falters in the attempt to describe the ghastly afflictions of a year-long captivity. The human soul shudders and recoils before the repeated scenes of gashing and stabbing, of beating and burning, distending and mutilating, that with a superhuman endurance he had borne for thirteen months. But he would return. For his heart never ceased to be the captive of the love of God. It was the love of God and God's love of souls that had laid hold on the young stripling of seventeen years and planted it in the garden of religious life. The same love tightened its grip on his expanding heart. As he heard of the hard and rigorous mission across the sea among the savages of forest and plain, who nevertheless, he knew, were human souls, needing the redeeming grace of Christ's passion and death. They had been offered for them as well as for cultured Europe. Isaac Yogues was only 29 years old when he first landed at Quebec. He was 37 when he returned after six-month absence in Europe, and two years later, he was not yet 40, his brief life was crowned with the glorious triumph of dying a martyr for Christ. He shared that glory with his two heroic, ever-loyal companions. They were not priests, John Lalande and René Goupil, but they were of the laity, one a doctor, the other a carpenter. But they were inspired by the same love of God and God's love of souls. Their characters had been formed in the same mold of selfless courage. Their ambitions stretched upwards to the same lofty ideals of sacrifice and self-dedication to the cause of the heart of Christ. They did not want to go to heaven alone. Their faith was too precious not to wish to share it with others. Their sense of being Catholic was incomplete. Did it not make them conscious of a duty to all the peoples of the world? The missionary spirit, they knew it, is not a virtue of supergration expected of the chosen few. Missionary spirit and Catholic spirit are one and the same. Catholicity is an essential mark of the true church, so that one is not genuinely interested in and devoted to the church unless one is interested in and devoted to its universality, that is, to its taking root and flourishing everywhere on earth. Those two laymen, like their priest leader, were restless with the thought that millions knew not Christ. O blessed three, their bones rest together, treasured in nature's own reliquary, the verdant hill that slopes gently up from the quiet, easy-flowing river of the Mohawks. But those martyrs are not the possession of New York State alone. They belong to the whole nation. They were not the only missionaries martyred for the faith in America, but they are the first raised to the altars, given by the church under God to be patrons of the land made fertile by their blood, to be an inspiration of those who have been made stronger by their death. Their message of missionary zeal, fired by the love of God and God's love of souls, is louder and more insistent at this hour, when war and war's aftermath have decimated so many ranks of missionaries and clogged so many sources of mission help. That message rings out across your blessed country, so providentially spared to the horrors and destruction of other lands. From coast to coast, from the Gulf to the northern frontier beyond, it is heard. Let men pause and hearken to its appeal. It is America's hour. The missions await the response. St. Isaac, St. John, St. René, look down with heaven-born love on the faithful who fill the land you long to conquer for Christ. Through your powerful intercession before the throne of God, obtain for them all the grace to share something of the spirit that was yours on earth. 
may the clergy and religious intensify their interior life of prayer and self-abnegation. For in such soil, missionary zeal springs up and grows quickly. May the youth, the American youth, always so ready and eager to flow, to throw themselves wholeheartedly into every worthy and noble venture, for whom obstacles are but a challenge to their courage. May they seize the torch of faith, lightened by you in the wilderness, and carry it full flaming to the ends of the earth, until all men may see and know Jesus Christ, the divine master, who has loved them with an eternal love, whom you, O blessed martyrs, now contemplate with ineffable joy. That this our most earnest prayer may find generous response in the souls of all the faithful of America, a land dear to us on many counts, we invoke on them with deepest affection of our paternal heart the apostolic benediction. Given in Rome on Sunday, the 24th of November, 1946, by Pope Pius XII. A short reflection for this Saturday. The, day, the eve of Advent. It is striking, really, how, the, how this is you can juxtapose this message to Francis's message on the whole mess up in Canada and his genuflection and kneeling and participating in pagan rites with them. I can't, I, I can't hear Francis giving an address like this. And I wonder sometimes what the, um, the North American martyrs think when they see and hear Francis, the man the world sees as Pope, again, throwing the church under the bus in these times. Something to think about maybe during Advent, maybe the underlying sort of cause of this. How at one time there seemed to be great numbers of people in the church who would give, give everything to the church, to God, and for the gospel, and for the Great Commission. And how that seems to be missing in our time. This lukewarmness that afflicts all of us to some degree. It makes me wonder really if the problems we see in the broader world are not really caused by our own lukewarmness. Pretty sure some of the saints and, and pontiffs of the past have said as much that the ills of the modern world are caused by lukewarm Catholics. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot as well. Please take advantage of this Advent for to seek out some holiness for yourself and your family. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.